Rizzo's market would seem to be, I think I could see Anthony Rizzo going to the Giants. I think that would be a great fit for them. Uh, if they don't resign Belt, absolutely. If Brandon Belt leaves. I think Anthony Rizzo fits in really well out there. Now, as for Schwarber, I said I would love him for the Brewers. I think there's going to be, especially, and we both believe it's going to happen, where there is a DH, suddenly Schwarber's market increases a lot, and I think he's maybe the best DH. Like At this point, you take Kyle Schwarber over Nelson Cruz, right? Age uh, with the only... the Yes, but here's, here's what keeps Schwarber's market down as far as uh, like average annual value and then lim- uh, number of years. He's a platoon bat. He is an elite platoon bat. Uh, uh, he is a, crushes right-handed pitching. He is going to be a key part of anyone's uh, middle of their lineup, but he does have a career weakness versus left-handed pitching, so you have to buy him for what he is, not what he isn't. Uh, but that's going to keep it down to where, yeah, 17, I think, tops. Could he get three years, 60 million, 20, year, 20 a season? If a bidding war fully gets there, possibly, but no one seems to be that high on getting to that point. 15 million seems to be more in line with what people are expecting, three years, 45 uh, for that, and to me, that's still a steal for what he is. Uh, so anyone looking at that price point, if I'm spending fifteen million a year on a DH, yeah, he's the guy who I'm calling. Do you have any other first baseman you'd want to talk about? Did, did I steal yours? No, Brandon Belt is still the. Uh, there's always some some injury issues or some things there, but he was healthy. He produced an excellent year. Uh, he is a guy who many expect that could hit better uh, upon leaving yeah. uh, the, the Giants' ballpark. Uh, I think he's too valuable to them. And I think he's too comfortable there, too. I, I see a re-signing, but uh, he's an underrated at... He is a Kyle Schwerber light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'll, his big thing has been the ballpark, right? Like, it's gotten better over the last few years because they, what was it? They closed up some, like, gates or something, and they said the wind stopped swirling is bad. But, right, that ballpark has held him back for years. I think if he would have went, like, if you signed him with... Boston. Like, Boston or New York, right? Could he easily hit 35 home runs? Probably. Like, he's probably that type of a hitter, but... San Francisco is just, is, it's a massive park, right? That's why they've had such success with their pitching over the years. So, yeah, I think he's interesting. The only, as I said, I mentioned Sotsugo a little bit ago. I think those are the probably the most interesting first baseman out there. Let's go to second base. And the top second baseman is Marcus Simeon, right? It's yep. He has the positional versatility to play shortstop. We were talking a little bit before we started. Jeff Passan reported that he's likely to sign in November. He would like to assi- sign pretty soon here. And the early rumor is a team that we've mentioned being on the rise, and that's Seattle. I've seen Seattle mentioned with Marcus Simeon. That's uh, an excellent fit for them. And uh, I'll just quickly say this. He's my uh, my bargain uh, shortstop. And that's the prized market that we're going to be leading into here in, in just a minute. But he's the one that I would pick. Uh, if I were the New York Yankees, I'm, I don't want Corey Seager. I'm not going to spend the money on, on Car- uh, Carlos Correa. Uh not going to trust Trevor Story or Javier Baez, any of the ones that are there. Uh, I want Marcus Simeon. He He's a gold glover at second. He can play good enough at shortstop, uh, solid if not above average. Uh, that's his level. He's only playing uh, second because that was the need in Toronto. That's that's what he did. He's already shown that his peak offensive numbers, his, his career year in Oakland is no longer a career year. Now you have sustainability. There's more uh, positive production than there is uh, uh, a down year. 
his numbers at shortstop would be amazing. And he's not getting anywhere near the money that is being talked about uh, for any of these uh, shortstops. $20 million a year uh, to 25 a year for four to five years. You would be paying, uh, what, that'd be like three, so I was still about a third of the overall cost of what Corey Seager or Carlos Correa is. Uh, I would rather pay a guy, and, and, and the Dodgers have done this better, higher average annual value for shorter term to get more maximum production out of it or, or versus being tied up long term. If I were the Yankees, he's my shortstop uh, at that price point, easy. Like five years, 120? Is that what you're saying? Like five years, 120, 130? Between, uh, uh, between four years at uh, – 90 to uh, to 100 to 520 somewhere in that range yeah I would much like, I would take that a million times over at, you mentioned some of those big shortstops like for sure I yeah. would take him over at Trevor Story at a price like that cuz I think Trevor Story is very good I don't want to sit here and say he's not but it's the same thing as Nolan Arenado right like you mm-hmm. get him out of Colorado and I think he'll still be very good I don't know if he'll be best you know best five shortstops in baseball good and Correct. and I'll, a million, a million times over Javier Baez. Like we'll yep. get to him in a second, but yeah, I, I think that Simeon. You mentioned some teams. I think. How about the Angels? How about yeah. the Angels? Right. Uh, once like, again, instead of investing in pitching, do they yep. add another, uh, yep. <laughs> another bat? Yeah, uh, it, it would not be surprising in the slightest. And I the, think Seattle's motive. I do agree with you. Seattle's motivated, but I love the uh, Angels. This is their type of move. That that's the type of. I, Yes, should they sign a pitching? Sure, I just seen enough from the Angels, and you know, we haven't mentioned it, it's very likely that Toronto will make him. A, they, they sent him the qualifying offer. I think Toronto. We saw them want to spend last offseason with Springer, and they got cheap George Marcus Simeon here. But I think they will offer him a decent contract as well. I don't know how much it'll be because now they have to figure out: do you prioritize Marcus Simeon or do you prioritize Robbie Ray? Right. I think it comes down to one or the other. Yep, I think, I that's, think they had to pick either or. And I think they're going to go pitching, even though I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't. I would well. spend on Simeon. Yep. But uh, I, I see, yeah. Well, we'll come to the pitching part <laughs> in just a little bit. But as far as second base goes, Simeon is obviously the top of it. Do you have a... a I, I have a value. Uh, it's not... It's not the same, but I have Josh Harrison, right? He doesn't walk or strike out, and at 34, he has a limited time left, but he's got positional versatility, right? He can play second, third, short, Mm -hmm. and he'll give you, like, quality at-bats. He consistently hits 280. Winning teams have players like Josh Harrison on them, and so we just mentioned the Brewers made a trade for Mike Brousseau, right? Like, Josh Harrison crushes lefties, and he can play all over, and he plays every day for you. So could a team, like, like the Yankees or somebody like that, take a Josh Harrison? Absolutely. And it might only be two years, 15 million, right? And so, like, the Dodgers would make a ton of sense. Like, if Chris Taylor leaves, could you see, could the Dodgers sign Josh Harrison and have him would just not be surprising fit in, in perfectly? Like, that's the type of player that I think would make a lot of sense for a team like that. Third or short? Let's do short and uh, get to the, the prized uh, grouping. And we've talked about the different names that are there. Uh, does Correa or Seager get the get the most? Who do you have? Oh, I uh, have. I think two? Carlos Correa gets the most. I would give it. I would give it to Corey Seager. I think they're both looking at ten year contracts, right? That's what Francisco Lindor got yep. was ten years and three forty. I think Carlos Correa and 
Corey Seager looking at at least 10 years, 300, probably a little more than that. It sounds like 300 to 330 is kind of what I was saying. Yeah. So I think, I think Correa is still most likely to sign with Detroit. That's the name that's been thrown around for a couple of weeks here. He's got, it's AJ Hinch is the manager who he's got success with and he put together a nice season and he's still very young. I think he's probably the biggest contract that anybody gets this off season. Now Seager won't be far behind him. Seager is also very young. I think he's 10 years, 300 million. You mentioned the Yankees. I still think at some point, Corey Seager. So Correa is a great defender. Like Corey Seager is not, he's going to have to move. I would think kind of the Manny Machado thing where he moves from short to third. And so that brings him down just a little bit. Now his hitting is incredible, right? He's won an MVP and it's the durability issue that concerns me. You got to be, that's he's very tall. Like, I think he's the tallest shortstop in history or something. Six, four, six, five. And him or Cal Ripken is the tallest two ever. But yeah, he's, he's had Tommy John surgery. He's had a hip injury. He's had shoulder injuries. Like the Dodgers made the move to bring in Terry Turner. Could he resign with the Dodgers? Sure. Right. They, they can print money out there. They, they can do that. If they want to bring him back, they could. Houston's been, or excuse me, Texas, not Houston, Texas. The Rangers has been mentioned already as being interested in him. That would be pretty out of left field kind of because we don't think they're contending now in the next 10 years could they contend sure uh the Yankees you mentioned the Yankees they clearly need to do something with Glaber Torres I think he can't play short he should move to second and DJ LeMayhew can move to first or third again and they can shift it around a little bit so that makes sense and where he signs will be interesting I think it's probably going to be back with the Dodgers but this one's really tough. Like, I don't know if I would say there's a leader in the clubhouse on that one. It's kind of a, a crazy thing, but I, if it's the Dodgers, I think he takes a little bit less to stay. And I don't, uh, he doesn't seem like the top. I think from what, I, like, he when I say hire, less, I'm still talking like, like 275 million. Yeah. Like, it's not going to be a huge amount, but. And it sounds like that's something that interests him. Like, he does not have Scott Boris as a client, and apparently he's sort of not rebuffed Scott Boris, but apparently it's not something that's ever interested him was just try to get this top of market value. I think he's just some guy who wants to be happy. Like he just wants, apparently he wants to sign very quickly too. There was some talk that he might even sign this weekend and that hasn't happened, but he wants to get this under control before the CBA. Apparently he wants to be signed before they work this out. So he doesn't have to worry about it during this lockout. So the other interesting name would be like the Phillies, right? The Phillies, I know they have DD and I said, he probably has to move to third. The Phillies have a lot of money and they've sort of had this shortstop. I think they want one of these guys. I don't know if they're willing to, they already have that huge contract on Bryce Harper, right? So I don't know if they can afford another massive contract. Plus they signed Zach Wheeler a couple of years ago. Like the Phillies at some point, are are they the Dodgers and the Mets? Are they? Do they have that type of payroll? They sound like they're almost tapped out, uh, but they can always add one more, right? That's, that's <laughs> always the thing, and that's how they were able to do it with uh, JT Ramuto. Uh, so those are the uh, the questions. Do they have it in them to do one more? Well, let's move to the, the next level then would be Trevor Story, right? Yep, Trevor Story and Javier Baez, because you could say these guys are all the top, I guess. Now, I think those two are clearly better. I said stories. The question that Trevor Story is going to have to answer is how much of his production is from Colorado, right? And he was kind of average-ish last year. Now, I think part of that is Colorado put nothing around him, right? You don't pitch to Trevor Story because why? Like, So I I think he's still really good. There's talk that he's the... uh the runner-up, uh, if uh, Texas still needs a shortstop. So if Texas doesn't get uh, one of the top uh, guys there, 
Trevor's story is uh, from Texas, uh, and so there's there's a lot of uh, uh, connections being made there, and that one makes more sense at that price point. But it depends what that price point is. Now, I, when you say Texas, I think Houston. Uh, Rangers is what was the I know, first you're one, the one, but that... Houston. This is what Houston does. Yes, uh, as far their... as they go to like the, the one level below, and they they grab that guy, and it has worked out well for them. Like mm-hmm. they have done that exceedingly well. Yeah, I. That's who I see here. Like I think we've seen him do the it replacement before. Right? For Correa. They, they find a replacement for Correa. They don't. They have no need. Right? They are in their window. We've talked about this. Right? They are in that winning window right now. They're going to get Justin Verlander back. Right? You still have bunch of offense even if Carl's Korea leaves if you had Trevor Story there are they still probably the favorites in the West yeah like I, I would take a chance on Trevor Story and now he gets pitched to right like you're not pitching around Trevor Story because you have Kyle Tucker behind him a better offense for him to shine in instead of having the only guy now he's got lineup protection in spades here's the and then that brings us to the last of the quote-unquote like top shortstops I don't consider Javier Baez a top shortstop I've said about that before like Will he get paid roughly what Story gets paid? Probably, which is $20, $25 million a year, I would think. Like five years, 100, six years, 120, something like that. <laughs> the defense is flashy. It's not great. It's kind of flashy, but he doesn't, he misses a lot of plays. He strikes out at such an incredible rate. Like his, when he makes contact, is it great contact? Yes. Like he hits the ball extremely hard for now. It, eventually he won't it'll slow down like he, his bat speed cannot stay at that level forever so if you sign Trevor if you sign Javier Baez to a six-year deal by four years is it possible that that looks pretty bad I think so like at some point it doesn't take a whole lot now I think he probably just resigns with the Mets that's it uh, that's the one I was going to say I think uh already best friends with Lindor uh their comfort their massive comfort level with the two he was comfortable there, and he and he showed it. He played well uh, for mm-hmm. them. That's yeah. that's an easy one to say in that environment. Uh, you keep that there. Uh, now again, I think I think we've learned and listening to him talk more on his own or more vocal within it. Mets fans are going to be disappointed in what they thought Steve Cohen was going to be versus who he actually is going to be. He's made enough comments on things that he's about value. He's about uh, maximum return. You don't get that playing the top of he's the market. He's a businessman. Yeah, and you don't get that type of money stuff that he's done without that. But when you make the first comments that we're, we're going to make, make it, it rain, rain. Yep. Uh, you set yourself up now you're uh, a pragmatist afterwards. Number one, it's hard to be a pragmatist in, in New York. Uh, and uh, even uh, uh, Steinbrenner, the lesser, uh is trying to do that himself, uh, and everyone's noted there hasn't been a uh, World Series win under his leadership. That's true. Uh, hasn't even been a World Series appearance under his leadership. Now, they didn't finally make the big splash signing with Garrett Cole, uh, but uh, there's been a, you can't be a pragmatist in New York, and what Cohen's trying to do is more of the Houston model. Uh, here's the top one. We'll, we'll do the secondary guy. The question becomes, for all the reasons that you list, uh, is he willing to pay Javier Baez uh, at second when I when he already paid his shortstop? Now, again, there's other factors at play. Ultimately, I think a deal gets done, but if Baez wants the top dollar, it's not going to be the Mets. Uh, if he takes four years, 
like 88 million, something like that, uh, or uh, 5110. I think there's there's possibilities there, which is already big dollars, but he could potentially get more elsewhere. Uh, but that one makes too much sense for them to come together and make it work. That's a great fit. It's going to cause more of a logjam with the Mets, with their middle infielders, and there's going to be uh, additional uh, moves to be made. Uh, but as we learned uh, as this offseason has gone on, Jeff McNeil will never play second base again for the New York Mets. If he's on that team, he will not be the double play partner with Lindor. Lindor's already got $340 bucks, so he ain't going anywhere. And if he's not happy with it or there's issues there, that's where you're leaning. So uh, there's definite moves to be made. Baez makes a lot of sense. Yes, they need uh, some other stuff, but I think he resigns in the end. The only value shortstop I have lifted is another Met, actually, and that's Jonathan VR as a free agent. Yeah. And, you know, VR is kind of a weird player, too. He's kind of like a Javier Baez in that he also strikes out a lot and doesn't walk, and his game is built around speed, right? But yep. we've seen, how, like, Jonathan VR has had some very good seasons when he's been relied upon. The He capitalized a couple years ago with Baltimore. I saw him have a great season in Milwaukee, and he's still, I think he's only, like, 29. So, you know, a team like Houston, if they miss out on all this stuff, take a chance on Jonathan VR, right? Or, excuse me, I meant Texas, actually. Texas, the Rangers, like, Texas isn't going to be competitive, but if you want to sell tickets, Jonathan VR is kind of a fun player. He can certainly go out and give you some quality games. At least a good one-year uh, one guy uh, and uh, see what happens from there. Uh, third base? So the top third baseman is Chris Bryant, right? Yep. That's, that is the big third baseman, and... At some point, Chris Bryant probably moves off a third base. At this point, he already plays a lot of outfield. He's probably a first baseman. Uh, he's prob- he's not the Hall of Famer probably that he looked to be just a couple years ago when he was winning MVP and Rookie of the Year and won a World Series with the Cubs. He's now 29 years old, and he's still very talented. Now, the Cubs moved him, right, and the Giants knew what they were getting, and he played very well for the Giants. Uh, maybe not to the level they were hoping for, but I'd still say he played well. And so... There should be, once again, there should be a market here because of the fact that he is got some versatility and he still hits pretty well. So I think you're looking at, a, like, he's probably in that Trevor story, maybe a little more than that range. Six years, $150 million, five years, $120 million, something in there. The Mets make sense, right? The Mets make sense. If you're not going to sign Javier Baez, could you sign Jeff McNeil, or excuse me, Chris Bryant, I'm such a Jeff McNeil, and put him at third to replace Jeff McNeil? Could you do that? Yeah, you could. Uh the Blue Jays make sense, right? They've sort of said that they're going to go out and spend money. You move, you sign him. If, if you don't re-sign Simeon, yep. is that the re- uh, potential replacement? Yeah, that, that would make sense. Like, you could put him at third and, and shift things around. You put, you know, Bichette goes, Kevon Biji goes back to second where he's played before in the past. Like, you could shift things around there. You could, at third, you could move Bregman back to shortstop. Bichette. Bregman's at so I'm Houston. talking. I'm, I'm Houston. You're talking Houston. Houston. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. You can move Bregman back to shortstop. Put him in Houston, right? Yeah, that would make sense, right? Bregman's actually a, a shortstop by trade. That's true. He's going to cost less than what uh, Correa will. Yes, he will. Probably half of as much. Mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of people have mentioned that the Mariners are interested, right? And so that's the, that was the the dark horse one to me. And uh, they have like, one of Simeon gonna, or Bryant. They have money to blow because we've talked about how young their team is right now, yep. and so they have not very many big contracts on it. So. I would. This is kind of like we talked about Toronto last year. We saw them signing one big player mm-hmm. because they're getting close to sign, like they're getting close to their window, and they went out and they splurged on George Springer, and they got when he was healthy, he was he returned that contract. So could the Mariners go out and sp- sp- like spend up on Chris Bryant and say, "You're our third baseman"? 
or you know you're a right fielder or whatever they're going to with Seager uh, uh, not being resigned. So yeah, they have a hole because my value third baseman is Kyle Seager. Like I don't know how I don't know if he'll ever hit 230 anymore, but I think he still put up a 32 homer, 100 some RBI season. Like if there's going to be a DH, Kyle Seager will have a contract. Now he's not sitting signed anything close to. Chris Bryant or Corey Seager, like it might be two years, 20 million, but someone yep. will sign Kyle Seager with there's a DH and get solid production. Yeah. So, but if there's a hole at third base, does Chris Bryant make a lot of sense? A team that is now expecting to win, you get a veteran in there. Who's from all accounts, a great like clubhouse guy, a great leader in the clubhouse. You have Jared Kelnick coming, right? Like, and we talked about all these guys for Ty France. Like they don't have a very veteran team. They have an extremely young team. Chris Bryant wouldn't make a lot of sense in Seattle. And I, I'm I'm confident that Seattle gets one of those two, Simeon or Bryant. Uh, let's outfield? take a look. Yeah, let's go outfield. And if, uh, if we're talking left field, I mean, I think you know, and Kyle Schwarber's name can come up uh, in this one as uh, another fit. Uh, some might say more left field than first base, uh, but some people say with with a good off season, could he be at least be as good of a first baseman as he was a left fielder? Yeah. Yeah, he, he could be. Uh, Schwarber, you mentioned Schwarber. That makes sense. Let's talk about the guy that at least early on has had the most rumors reported about him, and that's Starling Marte. And we thought this was possible. He put together an extremely valuable season, and he plays center field at an extremely high level. So teams that have already been rumored between Passan and different people is the Mets, right? The Mets, uh, across town, the Yankees, the Marlins, going back to the Marlins, the Phillies. The Astros, all five of those teams have already been ones that I've seen reports on that have met with Starling Marte or are interested in Starling Marte. I, I think I said at the trade deadline, I thought the Astros would have been great fit for it. I think he would just be awesome with Houston. Now, do I see a specific need? Like, could the Yankees use Starling Marte? Yeah, a lot. Like, sure. You Both move New York teams desperately yes. need a center fielder. Yes, like you move Joey Gallo to right. You get Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton more time off. Like, I think it's a great fit. Uh, the Phillies, McCutcheon's gone. We mentioned that, right? McCutcheon's yep. gone. Like, they have a need in center field too, but it's, I, we mentioned it earlier when I mentioned under the shortstops. Like, I just don't know how much money they have left. Like, at some point, that those Wheeler contracts, that that Bryce Harper contract, that DD contract, like, Reese Hoskins has got to get paid soon too. Uh, they, they have to be close to tapped out, unless I'm just underestimating their, the pocketbooks they have. Starling Marte, like he's 33, $25 million for three, four years tops. At first, it seemed like he was maybe only going to get 15, but you mentioned all the, the teams that are uh, after him, big market teams, uh, that price is, is going up. That's why he didn't sign the, the, the ridiculous uh, contract extension offer that the Marlins gave uh, for that. He, yeah, he's a 22 to $24 million, uh, a season uh, player. Uh, for this three years, four years, it's going to be right in that range. I think whoever offers the fourth year at that price point gets them. Do you have any guesses? I, I have a guess. I know it's not even somebody that we've mentioned. I just, and once again, I, maybe I'm just reading into this. I just think the Braves would be incredible mm-hmm. fit with him. They ha- they have Drew Waters coming. I don't know what's going to I think Marcelo Zuna is going to get reinstated this year offseason, and he's going to get like an 80-game suspension. I don't, but maybe he comes back, but... I don't know if the Braves have any interest. I think it would be a great fit. Beyond that, I I could see the Mets actually making this signing too. On top of Javier Baez, it's not the Corey Seager, it's not the big ones, but is it is Starling Marte that much worse than George Springer? They're very different players, right? Like he's not going to hit forty home runs, but could he People hit you, you forty bags? Could he hit you fifteen and steal forty bases while playing Gold Glove center field? Yeah, he's done that 
before. Like, so I think it would be a good fit for the Mets too. I'll go ahead and say that he goes back to Miami. I think they finally pay up. Uh, I think what they offered before they misjudged the market it was like it was like three years thirty five, right? Like, yeah, it was. It wasn't even forty, uh, and it's going to be. You need near sixty uh, to do it. They they need to spend on someone now. Again, we can talk about. I'll transition this way. There's another outfielder that they're primed for, uh, and that's Nick Castellanos. Yeah, that's my next name. Uh, yeah, we were and, like and that's the. Uh, they're going to spend money on on a outfielder. The question is also where does Castellanos want to go? Uh, I don't know if if, Mar- if, uh, if they go hard after Castellanos. I don't know if Marte is willing to be uh, uh, again second uh, fiddle uh, to to them again. I think then he does go to someone like the Mets. But if he enjoyed his time there, which is what it all sounded like, Marlins make sense, but also they do with, with Castellanos as well. So let's talk Castellanos. First off, if a DH comes, he should play DH. He is not a particularly good outfielder. He, he's capable, but I would not say he's good. He's better than Kyle Schwarber, but he should also play DH. Offensively, he is one of the best in the game. Like, quietly, he is just excellent. Contact, I think- power. At least w one, at least one hundred twenty two wrc plus for the last four years. Like that's really strong. Now, five years, I think he's a little younger, so I think you can look at a five year contract for like twenty two, twenty five million somewhere in there. Like I think he can expect he, to get that type of a contract. He can crack uh, the hundred million marker. Yeah, uh, the Marlins would make sense, and they they have support, they have shown interest in him. You mentioned it. I think the White Sox make sense. I think the White Sox make sense just because they need to do something. They this do off season. They do, and they're they're quiet, and mm-hmm. that's kind of strange. I think the White Sox would make sense. Um, they need more contact hitters on that team. We I talked about this, right? As good as Eloy Jimenez and Luis Robert are, they just don't make good contact. They hit the ball extremely well, but a guy like Nick Castellanos, Jose Abreu is getting older, right? Like a stabilizing force who gets on base at a high rate. I think that's a good fit. I have my value pick for them then. Okay. Mark Hanna. Yeah, he would Pos- be great uh, for them. Positional yes. flexibility yes. as far as all, all the different outfields can play at uh, first base as well. Uh, spot time DH. Like he's He's got a lot uh, that he can offer from a defensive uh, positional flexibility as well as he is that on-base percentage guy uh, with a solid average. Uh, it's not elite the way Castellanos is, but you also won't be paying him anywhere near uh, that elite level. Uh, 10 to 12 a season, a two-year $24 million contract would get it done. Yeah, I, that would be a great fit for them. Here is my one. I actually have two value guys. I cheated. So yeah. here is my first one. Here's the season he just got done with. 38 home runs, 88 RBIs, 9 steals, 319. year before he had 28 home runs, 87 RBIs, 25 steals, and hit 335. That is Seiya Suzuki. He is coming over from Hiroshima. Oh, We're yes. doing the Japanese thing again here. So he is an outfielder coming over from Japan, 27 years old. Now, they just got done posting him. Those are incredible numbers, right? Those are awesome. Now, we saw Hasean Kim. I had better hopes for him, and he did not play a whole lot for the Padres. So we've seen Japanese players come over and have initial success. We've seen Japanese players come over and struggle. I, Suzuki's scouts are more confident in uh, that he's at a different tier than some of the more recent guys that have, have been posted and come over. The on-base skills are strong. Like his on-base skills are also strong. Now he Seattle have high uh, strikeout problems nope, either. Nope, not over there. So Seattle is always interesting when it comes to these 
Japanese players, just because of the Ichiro tradition, they tend to sign a lot of them, right? Yusei Kikuchi's just opted out of his contract. So would that make sense? Yeah, it would. We just mentioned they might have, and you're probably talking three, 30 million, maybe 40 million. The Marlins, right? You take a chance. You want to get some offense? Take a chance on one of these guys? Texas Rangers have been Texas rumored Rangers. to be rumored. I think, I think he could be a very good player right away, like an extremely good mm-hmm. like leadoff type of bat who could hit 20 home runs and steal 10 bases. Now, we haven't seen it yet, but he's still only 27. Some of these guys come over later. He's still pretty young, and I think that's a good one. My other... This was the name I was going to mention. If there's going to be a DH who could replace, obviously, Al Garcia. We just got done. Jorge Soler is going to strike out a lot. He's going to strike out a lot. He's going to hit a lot of home runs. He, he's going to be an interesting... If there's going to be a DH, like his market expands exponentially too because he's a very bad outfielder with a huge arm. Uh, do Would I be fine with the Brewers putting him in right field? Yeah. I, I think that you, know, you put him in a park like that, could he hit 40 home runs while hitting 240? Yes, easily. Two years, twenty million. Two years, three years, thirty million. I, I would be fine with Jorge Soler at a number like that. The, the essentially the old uh, Evasio Garcia contract. Uh, yeah, I, I think there's again you get to you get players for who they are, not who they're not, uh, or the skills that they offer, not the skills they don't. And for Soler, I think what's intriguing is kind of like Marcus Simeon. He had a huge year, uh, home run uh, winner uh, with the Kansas City Royals, and then things tapered off. Some players thrive in more competitive teams and situations. Uh, and you look at what uh, people thought Soler was trending downward uh, and maybe a below-average uh, starter even for a non-contending team. This postseason uh, and tra- changed that perception uh, because he showed his old self Within and so that what that says to me is he thrives more in a competitive market, uh, and I would be willing to do at that price point. I uh, would be more interested and intrigued in that, especially if I had a DH opening to boot. Like you mentioned, the Marlins, right? Like they, yeah. I think that would be a good fit for them, right? We saw what they did with Adam Duvall and they turned him around. Now, at some point, they're going to expect to be competitive here. You can't just uh-huh. keep. And, and I think it's coming pretty soon. Like I think they expect to compete pretty soon. I think that would be a great fit for them. I mentioned the Brewers. You mentioned the Rangers. Some of these teams that aren't going to want to spend up on the Carlos Correas and the Corey Seegers, there are good options as far as this is a deep class with a few very top-end players. And at least some, again, for these types of players, when you're talking value, you're talking about guys that are going to have some major flaws, Mm -hmm. but also what you're looking for is flaws with elite skills. Uh, And he has that elite skill. He has the the home run ability uh, that... uh, can take over games. Not quite at the Kyle Schwerber level, but in the postseason, he showed not that far off when he's hot. Uh, And the fact that he still showed that makes him intriguing, especially at that price point. Someone is going to get a value pick. If anything, let him go to Colorado and and bash the crap out (laughs) of a baseball just to see that. I could see that type of a fit as well. Just sign like Jorge Soler, Kyle Schwerber, and just see what you can do, Colorado. It'd be so fun to watch. You have money, I'm sure of it. Here's one. Uh, if uh, Bryant's going on to different pastures, yeah. what about the Giants? Yeah, he, he could hit it out of that. He could yeah, hit it on any right? He has park, the right? power that fits well there. That's what you need is someone with that type of power that could do that. That's kind of intriguing to me. Let's switch to the thrower, shall we? Let's do it. Okay, so I have five under top starting pitchers because I figured there's your rotation, right? Number one, 
is the 37-year-old who's coming off of actually paying up probably the biggest one of the biggest contacts ever, and it lived up to it, and that is Max Scherzer, right? So Scherzer got traded this offseason, and he played out. It was like a 10-year, $350 million deal or something, and he's now 37, and he's up for free agency yet again. At 37, you can't expect more than, I think, probably three years. I think somebody's going to give him three years, and he'll take that. Now, a hundred and twenty million, probably right, forty million dollars a year for what he can offer. It'll be between thirty and forty for sure. Uh, and so you're looking at either three uh, ninety to uh, a three hundred, hundred ten, hundred twenty, somewhere in that range. He he's going to get that, and it's going to be the Dodgers. I don't see him going anywhere else. This is where he wanted to go. Uh, he helped uh, sway things uh, with his no trade uh, clause uh, that he had. This is where he wanted in the first place. Uh, with the Bauer situation being what it is. They need someone uh, uh, to go with that, uh, with Kershaw's uh, uncertainty. Uh, Now, again, do they need Scherzer? No. Do they have the money, and does this help keep them on top? Yes. Will they spend the money? Yes. Uh, So I don't see him going anywhere but re-signing with the Dodgers. Yep, I couldn't. You you nailed it. Like, I don't see him going anywhere else. Could someone come in and make a massive offer? Maybe, but Padres, I, Giants, you know, West Coast is what he wants. Could one of those technically do that? Yeah, but I, I just don't see the Dodgers not paying up. Well, let's keep it to those West Coast teams and let's move to Kevin Gaussman, right? Gaussman's a free agent. Gaussman just got done. The, the Giants did great with him, right? They just they got him for very cheap. They turned him into two incredible years. He is one of the three finalists. No, he's not, actually. He did not become a finalist. Sorry, Kevin Gaussman. You should have been a finalist for the Cy Young, but... He got done in by Zach Wheeler and Corbin Burns and Max Scherzer, but that's for a different time. Now, the question is, not, now they're not going to be able to afford him, I don't think. I think they want to try to. Does He can get more years, right? He will get more years than Max Scherzer because he's not 37 years old. Six years, $150 million, like somewhere in that range? Close. I, I, my, I was saying six years as well. 130 is what I had in my head. 130. So uh, the Giants, do we think the Giants keep him? They have to keep. I think he resigns, and they've they've paid for uh, Johnny Guido, uh, so yeah. they've spent money on a pitcher like this before. Uh, Gaussman's their find. He's done well. He's comfortable where a uh, comfortable there. They need uh, a guy like that with all their pitchers that are up. You have to keep at least one of them. He's the 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 ace that emerged that you made. Yeah, he resigns. I I just don't see him going elsewhere. The only team I think that you might see make I. I could totally see the Yankees making a push for Kevin Gaussman. That yeah. is the one team I could say like, like they need to, they need more pitching, right? They they mm-hmm. have Garrett Cole. We've talked about it. Luis Severino should be back this year. Whatever you get out of him, right? And then Kluber is off the books now, so you know they they could take a chance on Kevin Gaussman, make a type of offer. We're gonna he's gonna be mentioned with it. They're gonna be mentioned with the next team. I think the Giants probably keep Gaussman, but I don't think they can keep. I think theirs is kind of similar to the Rays where they have to make a choice between Robbie Ray and Marcus Simeon. I think the Giants have to make a choice between Chris Bryant and Kevin Gaussman. I don't Absolutely. think they can keep them both. I would agree with that. So that gets and, us, and I think they go pitching. Okay. Well, that gets us to Robbie Ray. Uh, here's, here's the more – like both Kevin Gaussman and Robbie Ray took the one-year deals, bet on themselves, and congratulations, Robbie Ray, you're going to get paid now. Kevin Gaussman, congratulations, you're going to get paid now. Now, Robbie Ray, if you look at – like I looked at this week. I did some – Deep stuff on Robbie Ray. I had some time. I looked up Statcast. It looks like well, you it's had to, you had to hang out with with your boy, uh, your BFF. Yeah, yeah, my BFF. So I <laughs> I had to check him out, and 
the pitch values were incredible. He, he started hitting the plate. Maybe he just learned to trust his stuff. And the stuff is great. The ceiling was always there. That was never in question. It was a matter of could he have enough control to make it work. Now, here he is at 30 years old. As a lefty, we know they age better. He's probably looking at the same basic deal, right? As Kevin Gaussman, five, six years, 120, 130 million, something in that range. I, I think it might actually be a little bit more. I think it might be like 140, 150. I think for six years is, is there, but I think you're looking at about 25 a season. So we think that, once again, it comes down to the the Blue Jays will keep one of them, yep. Marcus Simeon or Robbie Ray. I think it's probably going to be Robbie Ray. I think they're going to try to keep Robbie Ray because, and I think they need probably one more pitcher, right? They, they have Jose Brios. They made that mm-hmm. trade. They have Alec Manoa who's looked great as a rookie this year, and I think they probably sign Robbie Ray, and you know he just put together a great season for him, and so it's often hard It's hard for me to say don't re-sign him. There's just there's questions. <laughs> well, and again, they're the ones that should know the most how confident they are in what they've seen this past year uh, as far as repeatability. Uh, but the one team, and it was talked about this week, the one team who said, you know who's going to uh, throw money at him. And the one that where it's most likely to be a terrible contract or all of a sudden uh, just blow up in their face, the Angels. They're the ones that are being rumored the most uh, as being the, if not resigning, where Robbie Ray could go. Now, there's plenty of suitors and people talked about, but the one that's been given more serious weight to is the Angels, and that would concern me if I was an Angels fan. I want nowhere near that money for him because of his history. Uh, again, give me... Uh, Give me a, uh, there's a couple other pitchers gonna, I'd be interested in. We'll get to some of yeah. them here. So I actually have Noah Syndergaard down as a top pitcher because I there's some all the rest of these guys have questions at this point. Like, and I'm not saying Robbie Ray doesn't have a question, but like Max Scherzer and Kevin Gaussman, I trust. Like I know what I'm getting out of them. Noah Syndergaard, I know what I've seen out of Noah Syndergaard, and I know that his Tommy John comes a lot earlier. Like I could th- mention Justin Verlander right here. Now I think Justin Verlander is just going to resign with Houston. And and take that chance. I don't think there's much of a chance of that. Two years, forty million. Yep. And he's the same age as Max Scherzer, I think, or maybe even a year older. Like, I don't see him leaving that. And Tommy John at that age is tough. Noah Syndergaard's much much younger, much younger. You can take a chance on him. A team like the Mariners, right? Like, you you want to compete? Take a chance on a guy like Noah Syndergaard, right? Like they took a chance on James Paxton a couple years ago, and it certainly didn't work out. Multiple times taking the chance on James Paxton, but. Like Syndergaard is, this is the, as far as I look back, like this is his big injury, right? Like he's had the one injury before that. He's, we've seen him through hundred miles an hour. He's done it in a big market. He's got the cool hair. He's, he's Thor, right? Like he seems like he would thrive in that. If Seattle wants to compete, like right now they let Kikuchi walk their aces, Logan Gilbert. Like I love Logan Gilbert. I think he's going to be great. He's not old enough. You're not telling me that Seattle's going out and competing for a World Series with Logan Gilbert as their ace. So if you're going to do this, like you need someone. And I don't think that you, if you're going to pay up for a hitter like Chris Bryant, you're not paying up for Robbie Ray. So I see Syndergaard going for a team like Seattle and just trying to rebuild some of the value on a cheaper contract. The other top starting pitcher I have is Clayton Kershaw, right? Like we said last week, Clayton Kershaw did not get a qualifying offer. I think, the, remember, Clayton Kershaw got hurt in the playoffs, and we didn't see him pitch. And there might be more to that elbow injury than we heard, where he ends up taking a two-year deal, and we might not see a lot of Clayton Kershaw next season. I don't know how bad his forearm is, excuse me, his elbow is, but 
I think he probably resigns with the Dodgers. I think that happens. That being said, I don't know if they are counting on him pitching a whole lot for him next year, whereas it might be the Mike Clevenger thing with San Diego where you get what you get out of him next year and then you expect to get Clayton Kershaw back at Clayton Kershaw levels the following year. Again, if you're willing to take a chance on James Paxson, you're willing to take a chance on Noah Syndergaard. I think that's uh, that's definitely the, the case. Um, he, definitely intriguing uh, within it. Uh, I will say... Uh, that if we actually want to be accurate as to who is this year's Robbie Ray uh, or who fits the comparable, it's not even Andrew Heaney, though there's a bounce back uh, qualifier there. To me, it's James Paxson. Uh, yeah. Here's the guy who has that uh, the high level from the lefty, uh, high stuff, high quality. Uh, the question has always been health. Uh, if you get the one year that he's healthy, can you get a career year? Can you get an all-star pitcher for under eight million bucks? Yeah, I think that's the guy who's the most who's because it's been multiple years of not doing well or having health issues. Where Robbie Ray is multiple years of of uh, high walks and poor control. That's the one that that fits the most. Uh, but we'll we'll see what happens there. But Noah Syndergaard, I still think he resigns with with the Mets. I think they do end up keeping him. Uh, but Seattle is an intriguing fit. I have some value pitchers listed here. So yeah. we have, I don't know if we've ever mentioned Marcus Stroman is a free agent. Remember, he took the qualifying offer last offseason and got had a very nice year with, with the Mets. And I like I do not see him resigning with the Mets. I think there's going to be a pretty big market. He's a name that you mentioned the Angels, right? They seem to have realized that they have a pitching need. And that, that one makes good. sense. That yes. one would be a good Five signing. Five years, for them. hundred million bucks, easy. I, I do that without blinking an eye. Yeah, I I think that would be a great signing with him. I think they would still need one more pitcher, but like I already mentioned earlier, that I thought that they could be interesting for Marcus Simeon. They like Marcus Stroman's a better fit for them mm-hmm. for what they need. The, the scare with him is that he, he doesn't fit the the uh, he's not a, an advanced stat darling. Uh, it's the sinker thing. Yeah, it's it's the sinker thing. The advanced stats don't love guys who put the ball in play a lot. <laughs> And that's what he does. He puts the ball. Now, he can strike guys out, but they want strikeouts to get really high in the stat cast, and he doesn't do that. Which, if if Kevin Gausman did leave, mm-hmm. yep. there's a similar type yep. of, of pitcher. That's a Giants fit in that park, the way they do things. Uh, he fits their pitching philosophy. That makes a ton of sense there. You also would want him to go to a, a team that has good defense. Uh, when you're talking uh, someone who's con- does uh, pitch ability contact uh, or pitch to contact, uh, you want good defense behind you, so I think that matters too. Whoever has that lined up, that's the pitcher that you would want. It's another value pick. Zach Greinke's a free agent. He doesn't get mentioned as much because his year was interesting. Where you know he's he's probably a Hall of Famer at some point, but he's not aging maybe to the level like like Clayton Kershaw is. It and it's weird too, like because he doesn't have the big fastball, so you'd expect him to age pretty well. I think a one year deal worth like twelve to fifteen million for a team like that needs just a top, like the Red Sox, like the Yankees. Would it be a bad fit? No, but he would hate it there. Now, he would yeah, hate that. He is going to go for comfort. Uh, he wants to go to a place that he's going to be comfortable at, uh, and it's already been rumored that he's interested in like, National League. Like he wanted, wanted to go back. Cardinal, you just said Cardinals Cardinals would Cardinals. make a lot of sense with him. Yeah, him and like, Adam Wainwright yeah. fitting that makes a ton of sense there. Uh uh, that that would be one. Uh, it needs to be a place that's going to accept his quirkiness. Uh, and so I'm trying to pare down quickly new think, like, NL clubs. I don't, I don't think know. he's ba- like. How about the Braves? Like, yeah, that would be a good fit for him, right? I, I think would he would fit in that. well down there. Like, 
I don't think Zach Greinke's done. He's not a bad teammate. Yeah, he's no. not a bad teammate, and it's not, no clubhouse cancer, but he's just different. And you need to have a spot where a low media spotlight that just allows him to be him. Mm-hmm. And and couldn't he be great? Like we've seen him be great, right? He's I said he's probably a Hall of Fame or someday. He's won Cy Young awards, and I don't think he's done. Even though it wasn't a great year, he still can have a sub four ERA. Oh, yeah, yet. he still has that uh, ability there because uh, he hasn't relied on. He's not a power pitcher. He's a control artist, and he's a, a true pitcher in, in that sense of the word. Uh, and I think he'll be motivated after an off year to come back and show that he can still do that. Let's talk uh, John Gray. Yeah. Let's talk John Gray, right? So John Gray did not get the qualifying offer from the Rockies, so we expect him to leave. He is 30 years old. This could be the Robbie Ray thing, too, like where you take mm-hmm. a chance and he moves to a different market and takes the one-year deal and gets paid well. Now he could also get three to five years at – 12 to 15 million a year. I think like he could do that too. Uh, I think Houston is interesting. If, if they want to try to add another pitcher, I think Houston is interesting. I think the blue Jays are interesting. Like, yeah, it, I think the blue Jays would be a great fit for him. Uh, those were the two names that I had down. My fit. Uh, now, yeah, it's going to be the, the right type of team. Uh, but my value pick is, uh, uh, you say Kikuchi. Kikuchi. Uh, he's, he was an all-star first half of the year. Second half, some things came apart, but again, you're you're better off not evaluating someone off half a season for both good and bad. Uh, but there's there's a solid pitcher there. His peripherals were good. Uh, he's got a, a very good fastball, uh, 95 plus from the left hand side. Uh, but you need to go to a, a team that understands pitching, and will have a good plan with him. Uh, again. Giants are a team that makes sense for something like that. Uh, if they actually spent on it or were interested, I love the fit with the Rays. Uh, as far as pitching philosophy, that's going to match that. Uh, Cardinals would be another one that would... Uh, you're looking for the right type of fit. Braves are another one that have done that well. Uh, so you're looking for those types of teams, uh, and you're getting even just... W- that could be a one-year deal. Uh, that could be a two- or three-year deal. Uh, but you're not getting much beyond 10 to 15 a season. Here's a team we haven't mentioned, yeah. I don't think, yet, that would be interesting for a guy like Kikuchi would be like the Nationals. Because I don't know what they think they're doing, right? I don't know what they think they're doing, but at this I don't point, know I know would what take... they think they're doing. At this point, you take... They got rid of Scherzer, right? So we don't think he's coming back. You have Josiah Gray, who you brought in. I think he's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you still got Patrick Corbin and Steven Strasburg for whatever you can rely on them for, right? And... Like Kikuchi would make a lot of sense there to just eat them. Some, they yeah. should still be good, right? But Kyber Ruiz, uh, uh, full season uh, there with uh, uh, with Juan Soto, Josh Bell. Uh, like they have good players. They're still rumored for Kyle Schwarber, by the way, yeah. uh, of going of bringing him back, uh, and uh, that would that would make sense too. Uh, Washington is a. Uh, they always and, have money too. Like they can yep. print money. We never like we haven't. We were talking about like the Phillies being tapped out. Washington always has money to make some big meals if they want to. The last pitching name I have is Eduardo Rodriguez. Uh, five years, seventy million type of range, something like that. I think yeah. you could get. He's. I think he's the youngest of the pitchers we've talked about. He had a nice season with the Red Sox. I don't think he's resigning with the Red Sox. I just don't think that's going to happen. It, Detroit's one of those teams mentioned for, you, for for him. Detroit's been mentioned, and the Twins have been mentioned. The Twins, I don't think they're going to be competitive, but does that mean that they can't? Remember, Kent, Kent Maeda had Tommy John, so we, he's not around mm-hmm. all season. 
Brios is gone. Somebody has to be there. Like someone, I, if you've looked at the, I looked at the twins projected rotation and it is, it is ugly. And so you need to have somebody, I think Eduardo Rodriguez would be okay. He'd probably be out of places like your ace or whatever, but somebody should go to Minnesota to help them out. Do you have any, I have two relief pitchers. I have, Do you have any more starters. No, that's it for my, my starters. I, I have only just two uh, more like low-key uh, relievers that I think would be intriguing. So the big one is Raziel Iglesias. Yep. That, that's the top free agent. Uh, remember, the Angels extended him the qualifying offer, and I did not – some of the people we saw, I did not see that he declined it or accepted it yet. I assumed he declined it. Iglesias, though, he's he would be the biggest free agent relief pitcher if, mm. if he is that, and – the free agent market is the relief pitcher market is tough. That's always the toughest one to predict because you never know which teams are really interested and which teams aren't. Like the Yankees have Chapman, but could they sign Iglesias to fill two innings? Sure, right? Like the teams that I can look at and say they need a closer, right? I don't think Toronto wants to do it. Could they? Yeah, Toronto could. Um, Seattle, right? Seattle made the moves last season where they got Ken Giles, but. He's coming off Tommy John. Do you, could you just say, hey, Rezzy Iglesias, move up the coast a ways? Yeah, you could do that. Wouldn't be surprising. Houston, right? Houston is, we've mentioned them. They they have a closer in Ryan Presley, but could you just say, Rezzy Iglesias, you're pitching relief? Yes. So it's very tough to predict where early pitchers go. Now, could he just say, I want to get paid and go to a place like Kansas City? Yeah, like Kansas City could sign that. That's what's really Dodgers hard could about. All of a sudden, decide and, that's it. You know, we're yeah. gonna. Uh, Kenley Jansen's a free agent, right? Like yep. Kenley Jansen's a free agent, so they they have a hole in the back of their bullpen, and who knows how they'll fill that. But I think it three years, get forty million, forty five million, which for early pitcher is very strong, and I think that's what he could expect to get paid. I think he resigns. Yeah, uh, I do too, actually. But I I would not. The only other team I see it being motivated is the Dodgers. If they decide they're done with Kenley Jensen, uh, then I think Iglesias is the is the fit there, and it's just Kenley Jensen prices and what they have been paying with it. So there's no there's no difference there. It's just slotting in the younger, potentially more effective reliever at this stage. So uh, that's a, a matter of what they do. Uh, for me, for the uh, the value guys, I'm picking guys that uh, if you would, I mean, a, a contender could pick them up to be a, a seventh eighth inning specialist. Uh, a non-contending team could pick them up to be a, a closer and potentially <laughs> give them a shot at that and then trade uh, deadline fodder. Uh, but I love the year that uh, for all the the, the positive conversation that uh, Craig Kimmel got, Ryan Tapera uh, had a huge yeah. year uh, for the the, uh, the Cubs. The Cubs and then uh, and, the White Sox, yeah. They and, also uh, got traded. <laughs> and so I think that's a fit. Andrew Chafin is, is the Cubs. other one. Yeah. Uh, and he has closer experience. Uh, to go with it, Tapera does not, uh, and sometimes that's uh, that ninth inning can just be a, a weird beast. As much as the the Rays and other teams do uh, throwing everyone in the ninth or rotation uh, within it, uh, it doesn't fit everybody. It's just different in that way. So having someone with at least a little bit of a background in it isn't a bad idea either. So from the left hand side and the right hand side, those are the two guys that I like as value picks that won't be uh, that won't uh, break your budget. No, but if you but if you're a contending team, those guys should interest you, right? Like if you are Houston and I think Kendall Graveman's a free agent and you have to replace it, like if you don't want to pay Kendall Graveman, just sign Ryan Tapera. Like yep. so if you are the Braves and you want to fully fortify your bullpen, go out and sign Andrew Chafin or something to extend more innings. The only other name I had as a 
bargain relief pitcher is Michael Lorenzen. Lorenzen yeah. throws hard for the Reds, and, and he has this. I know that I think it was Passan reported that there's teams interested in him as a starter, and he throws very hard. He gets a lot of strikeouts. He can bat, which makes him like a two-way type of option if you wanted to go that type of thing because he's shown that he can hit pretty well. I could see a team like we mentioned Minnesota earlier, like take a chance on Michael Lorenzen, right? If, whether it be as a bullpen arm he, or a starter. Especially with that many, uh, with that that huge of a hole in the rotation, you give him a shot there and you can always just bump him down to the bullpen if it doesn't work. Yeah, I, that that's the type of like Minnesota – Kansas City, some of these teams that are perhaps not contending, I would take a chance on Lorenzen and see like if you can harness that heart of a fastball 98, I think it throws routinely 98 miles an hour. Like try him as a starter. If it doesn't work, like you said, you, he's shown that he can be a mid-threes at worst ERA in the bullpen. So then just kick him to the bullpen if it doesn't work out. So there's your uh, free agent uh, a primer outside of uh, – we mentioned guys that can also be a DH just kicking back there. Someone's paying Nelson Cruz. Uh, he's going to get another shot here. There's uh, his uh, trade to uh, the Rays didn't turn out as well as hoped or what his numbers were, though his and his peripherals were the same. It wasn't like he suffered a major difference uh, between the two. So thinking there's a little bit of bad luck involved as well. Uh, but uh, there are a ton of, of good free agents uh, in different positions. Some uh, positions, you're not going to find much uh, there. Others, you have the huge bounty, and how much do you want to pay? And how much does the CBA, the new CBA, eventually when that gets done, how much does that impact free agency? Some want to get out in front of it. Some uh, uh, are wanting to wait and, and see if it helps their, their market afterwards. I want to mention one player who we didn't talk about, who is yeah. probably the last big-name free agent that we didn't were able to talk about, and that's Chris Taylor. Uh, Chris Taylor of the Dodgers, right? That's because he plays so many positions. He, it was hard to pit, pit him down to a position quick. So I think he declines the the deal with with the Dodgers. And he, I think it was you last week mentioned, you know, he's could be Kike Hernandez, right? And we saw Boston take it. Like, good teams want Chris Taylor-like players on their team. So let's say you miss out on Chris Bryant if you're Seattle. Chris Taylor makes a ton of sense, right? If if you want to replace Marcus Simeon in your Toronto, Chris Taylor, Chris Taylor makes a ton of sense, right? Like, Good teams want a player like Chris Taylor on their team who can play middle middle infield or corner infield. He's played the outfield. He gets on base at a high clip. He doesn't strike out. You mentioned the White Sox as a possible for Marcana. Like I think Chris Taylor would make a ton of sense for them. So once he's once some of these bigger name players have signed, like if you're trying to save up money for a Corey Seager or Carlos Correa, you're going to wait. <laughs> but once some of those big names have signed, I think Chris Taylor's going to do very well for himself. Like five years, a hundred million. Like, I think he could touch that number, which is hard to believe for a guy who and the Dodgers is kind of a afterthought almost. Yeah. But I think that he's going to have a very good market with some of these very good teams. And he is, uh, uh, going to be, uh, enjoying, uh, counting all that all the way to the bank. Uh, as, <laughs> as, as many of these guys will be, as we figure out what their, their full markets are, uh, there's been some in first week of solid rumors that have taken place. Uh, we'll see what happens as things unfold. There will be some uh, that will sign early, uh, but uh, December 1st looms large. Uh, it is all but inevitable that uh, a lockout will take place uh, when the CBA expires uh, and that we could have the craziest condensed uh, free agency uh, in MLB history uh, if this gets done by like a mid-January type thing beginning of February in one month for this all to go absolutely insane uh 
I, I'd be intrigued by it, but I don't want to see that long of a lockout at the same time. Uh, so next week, we will be talking about uh, breaking down the CBA. There's been enough proposals back and forth, some intriguing new ideas, uh, just to speculate on, on the, the validity of them, uh, how much that would be good for the game. Uh, moving forward, we'll take a look at some of those uh, various aspects uh, and then ultimately say, what is it going to take for a deal to be signed? At the end of the day, everyone expects a lockout right now, but no one expects it to get anywhere near the season itself uh, because especially coming off pandemic-related uh, financial shortfalls for everybody, uh, there is financial incentive to uh, to put that together. Uh, everyone expects it to get done. Uh, so, when the deadline comes, when it's getting nearer to missing checks, that's when you're going to finally get people to go to the bargaining table and get this done. So let's explore what is it going to take because everyone is saying that the uh, the proposals that each side has made are garbage or dumpster fire level. No one likes anything on the other side's uh, proposals at this point. So what is it going to take? So we'll evaluate what some of the new stuff could be and then what is it going to take to actually get a deal signed. Just remember how much fun we had talking about this two summers oh, ago. Oh, yes. Uh, so. Super excited to to, uh, uh, to bring it back. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we'll get you uh, at least uh, uh, all set to go for some of the things to expect. Uh, as we look at the, the next round of uh, labor peace once we get <laughs> there. So with that, take care. Uh, we'll see you next time.